Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls. We have another Sunday night, Monday morning show coming at you. We're recording this puppy on Sunday night. You're listening to it on Monday morning. We have most of the regular crew here tonight. My name is Patrick. I'm here with John and Kasim and Barnes, and we're going to talk about what's going on uh, in, in the sports world. In the baseball world, we've got some interesting stuff going on with the Astros. We've got some awards coming up soon. Obviously, we're in the midst of uh, the beginnings of the offseason, at least. Uh, and we've also got some football we want to talk about. But before we get into any of that, I want to start with everybody's first pitch, see what's going on with them, and uh, and catch up with them since we last heard from them last week. John, I will start with you. Give me your first pitch. Oh, well, uh, I, some great catching up today anyway. Uh, my Giants won, which we're going to get into that later, so that's good. It's nice to have relevant football in November, so that makes me feel great. Um, we got the Cowboys losing in overtime. That was pretty cool too. I really enjoyed that. Um, but all in all, good weekend, good football Sunday, and I'm happy to be here talking to you guys. Great, man. Barnes, what's up with you? Well, in the short end of it, everything is great. In the long end of it, my wife goes, Hey, you know what? We need another couch, which means I'm picking up a couch. Yep, yep. <laughs> and she goes, Hey, what? She goes, Hey, the best is when they go, if you have a significant other, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And they're like, Hey, uh, we should get a new couch. I'm like, well, You can get it. I was like, I like the one we have. She goes, Well, how about like 2 30? And I'm like, Yeah, what are you doing then? I'll watch the kids. She goes, No, 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 no. I need you to get it. I'm like, Oh, God. All right, I'll go get the couch. So I go get the couch. It doesn't fit through the doorway. So I'm sitting there like a jerk trying to like jostle it through the doorway and the neighbor's like hey buddy it looks like you're having trouble i'm like yeah thanks jerk why don't you help <laughs> they don't help somehow get it in the like front room but it won't fit through this like narrow doorway so now i just have a couch sitting in this it's actually in my kitchen right now i i'll send you guys a picture of the kitchen couch it's hysterical and i'm like i think i'm just gonna sleep here because i'm gonna get hungry in the middle of the night i can just open the fridge right from the couch and eat my snacks there so that's how I'm doing right now. <laughs> Kasim, what about you? What's up, buddy? Everything is good, man. Uh, another week, another show. I'm enjoying it. Uh, as you can tell, underneath my eyes, baggy eyes, haven't slept. But I'm trying to get used to that. Uh, as for football, congrats to the Giants. I'm happy they won. Um, you know, you guys got the Lions next. The Cowboys lost. Uh, we saw the game of the year, Bills and Vikings, but ended up on the uh, on the losing end, and it's heartbreaking because now they fell to third place in the division. So uh, just taking it one week at a time is all I can do. I mean, Allen played a good game, but messed up. Fumble, two turnovers, interception, Patrick Peterson. Uh, <clears throat> what are you going to do? On to the next week. Barnes, uh, Josh Allen is your fantasy quarterback in our league, right? Yeah, he is. He's pretty awesome. <laughs> He's pretty great. I mean, I'm losing, but <laughs> it's still pretty awesome. In Josh Allen, awesome. pretty awesome. This is a tough week. I have him in two leagues. <clears throat> yeah, this was a this was a tough one. If you were a fantasy owner, I hope you were playing Justin Fields. Two weeks in a row, he's been just amazing. <laughs> I have Justin Fields in another league, 
and I started him this week, but I benched him last week and I felt like a doofus. I was like, oh man, there's no way. And well, Justin Fields is the real deal. I picked him up off waivers. I didn't start him for like the last two weeks till today I started him. So that's you're not right, the only baby. one, Steve. You're not the that's, only one. That's right, baby. Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would have thunk it? Um, yeah, Cassim. I mean, you want to talk about uh, the game of the year so far. Um, it's one of those that uh, I wasn't watching, but like uh, I kept seeing the updates online and I kept like getting confused as to what was happening because so much shit was happening at once. <laughs> and it was so nonstop. At, at one point, I had to just like eventually turn it on because I was like, I, I couldn't believe um, the back and forth at the end there. Yeah, Jefferson. Justin Jefferson was just amazing. Uh, I mean, Diggs had a good game, but Justin Jefferson caught the passes when he needed to. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, the acquisition from Detroit, uh, he's getting the ball now. Uh, Vikings are legit. I don't, I'm not high on their defense, but they got weapons on offense. Uh, they could be dangerous. I mean, thanks to a crappy division, they're first place, so. <laughs> it is what it is as long as no playoff games happen in prime time they've got a good chance of going pretty far <laughs> as long as Kirk Cousins your quarterback you're not winning I don't care what the heck the deal is freaking that one catch you mentioned Justin Jefferson that one catch he had where he went up for one hand and ripped the ball I was like holy cow like this like that was a freaking play we had him we had him man Allen fumbled I just I love Allen, and I'll always love him to death, but sometimes he's too overly aggressive. Is sometimes to where hey, he could end up costing you a game, you know. I've seen it many times. Uh, he played good today, but just costly mistakes. And you you also brought up a really good thing that was like Kirk Cousins. Like, as long as you have him, you're not going to win. And you know what? I just thought of this literally in this moment right now. I was like, Kirk Cousins is the Jordan Montgomery of quarterbacks. He's always just pretty good, but you're not really going to win. And, you know, maybe a team gave up a little too much for him at the time. And maybe it was a good or a bad trade, <clears throat> Luke. Um, but Kirk Cousins, yeah, he's he's the Jordan Montgomery of quarterbacks. You know what you're going to get, but ultimately he's not really going to do anything. He's not winning any games in the playoffs. So yeah, that I, the biggest comparison between the two. <laughs> Montgomery and Cousins are not winning any games in the playoffs. So the Giants were 7-2? and two? Yes. Giants? Okay, 7-2. and two. You guys got the Lions next, which you guys should be hopefully 8-2. and two. And after that, it's a dogfight. You should beat the Commanders, but I don't. I don't see them beating the Eagles, and I. I kind of don't see you guys beating the Cowboys. That's the honest truth. So you guys have a chance to sneak out 10, 10 wins. Ten wins is in the playoffs, and you know maybe you get lucky in between the three games between the Cowboys and the Eagles. If you can sneak one of those, that'd be pretty nice. But yeah, I expect, you know, one and two in those three games in the best case scenario. But I'll take it. You know what? We're playing relevant football and we got a good shot at going to the playoffs. And the future's for the first time in a long time looks bright. It's a good day to be a uh, Giants fan. And as usual, a bad day to be a Patriots fan. I know they're on a bye, but I just like to point out to any of our resident Boston fans that. Uh, to football too. I know Pat's a Ravens fan. I would never want to insult him by calling him a Patriots fan, 
But Giants are looking a lot better than the Patriots right now, long term. Yeah, I mean, I had the Giants at four or five wins this year, and they shocked me. I had, like, I had high hopes on them last year, and they just stunk it up. But this year, you know, Dable, I know Joe Sheen was a great pickups, GM, head coach. I just said it'll take time, but uh, not bad for a first year, man. I, I mean, I'm proud of them. It's kind of weird. Like, today we saw a lot of really good games. We saw that Vikings-Bills game. We had the Cowboys-Packers game. And, you know, ultimately it was just a ton of back and forth. And I'm th- I'm wondering if with the new rule changes that come to the MLB, if we're getting as much fun conversation like, oh, man, did you see that? Because there won't be a shift. There will be a pitch clock. A pitch clock. It's like, oh, wow. Are, are we going to be having these types of conversations with, like, possibly higher scoring baseball games? I don't know. know. Pat, what do you think? Um, I hope so. Um, I'm all for all of those. I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I'm all for all those changes. Um, You know, uh, the the three outcome problem, I think, is like a legitimate problem. And um, I'm hoping that this will do something about it. And uh, and yeah, just make it a little more dynamic. You know, that's a lot of the like criticism against baseball and um, you know, you see the football today um, when it's dynamic, when it's back and forth, when it's high scoring, um, it's really exciting. Anybody have anything else they want to add about uh, football today, football so far this year before we head on over to baseball? The Giants, New York Giants win over Houston Texans. That was a real revenge win. And it made, it made that ALCS uh, loss to Houston sting a little less and I'm lying through my teeth, but it's just, we beat Houston. It felt good. It was just, uh, it was nice to just beat Houston. I don't like Houston. Who's your team now? You said, you said the giants, but what'd you, what else did you say? I just don't like Houston. I thought I heard lions. (laughs) I thought I heard the lions. I'm like, what? No. Um, Speaking of Houston, let's talk some Houston baseball and, um, and the, I, I don't even know if I want to say it's surprising. Maybe it's not a uh, situation um, with general manager, James Click, who um, was no longer the general manager um, after the season. Um, he gets a one-year offer. Dusty Baker gets a one-year offer to return as, as the manager. That personally makes sense to me. It looks like it makes sense to Dusty. He's older. He's been around for a long time. Maybe uh, good to take it one year at a time. Um, but, uh, yeah, GM James click who has been there for three years and just built the world, um, series champion team, um, is now out of there because he wanted to deal longer than, uh, a year, which I think most people would think, um, is fair, but apparently Astros ownership did not. Um, and so I want to hear from all these guys and, and their thoughts on that, because, um, for a team that just won the world series last week, this is definitely uh, an interesting development. Uh, Barnes, I'll start with you. What are you thinking? It, at first glance, it's just so absurd that you would get rid of or not re-sign and, you know, try to get, keep, retain talent. You know, clearly Click is very talented at what he does. I feel like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So it's very interesting to see that at first glance, like, hey, why are they not trying to retain talent? Um, 
you know, as I, as you dive a little, even just like a little bit deeper, like even just a foot beneath the surface, you're like, oh, wow. It, it seems like there's just a little bit of difference between uh, Jim Crane and James Click, like the way they like try to handle and operate things within the clubhouse or like as a franchise. <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting to me to see like, oh, wow, like this really successful organization over the last, you know, five, six years, like as much as we don't want to go like, oh man, as much as it pains you to like, as a Yankee fan, like, oh, they're so good. But it's like, oh, wow. They're having a little bit of turnover. Like what's, what's the deal here? Like, and I, you know, it's like, who are the possible suitors for James Click? Because that, that team that gets him three, five years down the road from now, they're going to be pretty serious. So John, I mean, as like a Yankees fan, and all right, Click's not going to be running the Astros. Like, like say he goes to like Toronto, who is we're Toronto's pretty freaking close to being pretty legit. Does Toronto become a serious contender in the next three to five years if they get Click? You'd have to think so because a lot of the talk I heard was like, oh well, you know, Click he's good, but a lot this whole foundation was built through the last guy, and maybe that's a little bit true, but. There are a lot of new faces in Houston over the past three years that could have been traded, um, you know, could have never been promoted in the first place. A lot of things could have happened. So I think to take away from click in this World Series, it's not really fair. And it seems like that's what the ownership is doing. Um, I know that owner has been considered not really a good guy, maybe a little egotistical and wants more credit for this. That's a good thing for Yankees fans because that rarely ever plays out when an owner uh, – has that attitude. So that could be the beginning of the downfall. Like you were saying, like, that'd be a good thing. Um, and if he ends up in the alias, man, that's the last thing I want to see. So I'm really hoping some uh, NL West team, NL central team scoops him up and that's where he goes. Like keep that guy in the AL East. Um, again, maybe some of that, like Bregman, Altuve were from before his time, but the guys still did a really good job putting together a world series team. So uh, I that'd be scary to keep him in the AL East. What Castle? What about you? What are your thoughts on that one? Uh, I think the the offer to James Click, I think, is a great general manager, helped put the team after the scandal, but it's an insult. Uh, Jim Crane's hard to work with. That's not from you know for what happened this year. It's from the previous years, even along with Jeff Luna and AJ Hinch. Uh, Jim Crane's a hard guy. He's hard to deal with. That's why a lot of people leave that organization. Uh, as for, you know, you guys talking about James Clay, where could he land? I think the contract was an insult. You only offer him $1 million. Uh, I don't know what a $1 million is, but I'm just talking about from a baseball standpoint. I think it was an insult. Uh, he's good at what he does. He helps build a team. Uh, you guys were talking about him going to Toronto. He ain't going to Toronto. Uh, never was because they got Ross Atkins as their GM over there with Mike Shapiro. So there's three GM openings. Uh, that's one in... Uh, Detroit, which I'm hoping he lands with Scott Harris as the president of baseball operations, I think would be a great fit to go along with AJ Hinch. The Kansas City Royals are looking for a GM. And they're saying another team and maybe like, uh, you know, if you had to pick a, a team that could help rebuild and flourish, maybe get rid of everybody that's there. Uh, the operation system is in Colorado. I think he'd fit uh, good over there. Uh, change the whole dynamic of that team and what they're thinking because they don't have a direction. 
but I think for me, I mean, I'm from Detroit, but I don't speak it because I'm not saying this as a Tigers or because I'm from Detroit. I just think James Click with Scott Harris would be a perfect fit. And as you can see, Scott Harris is uh, making changes big time. He's uh, changing everything. And I think James Click, uh, GM of Detroit, I think would be a perfect fit. Even with the Royals would be a great thing too. So those are my like my two uh, spots where he can land in a team like like I said, that could really change it is the Colorado Rockies. Those are interesting um, kind of suggestions, I think, because, you know, he came into this Houston situation with what John said, like a team that was already like well-built and obviously like championship caliber and like any of those situations would be like a complete from zero, you know, from the ground up kind of deal. Um, I mean, if those are the jobs that are open and that's, um, he will get one of them. I mean, clearly he just, he just won the world series. Um, but it will, uh, to John's point, definitely be interesting to see, um, how much of it, uh, was him and how much of it was the organization. If it's all on him to, to build something from scratch. Mm -hmm. It's so weird because it always seems like whatever, whenever there's a team that's relatively successful with relatively new management, you know, click's been there since what, 2020, something like that. Maybe, right. I think I got that right. You got it right. But it's, you know, everyone's going to go, oh, well, it's really built from the guys before them. And it, that's not for the Astros. It's literally for any team across any sports franchise, anyone that's like relatively good. They're like, oh, it's the guy who built it. You know, you see it with those like Buck Showalter teams, especially, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if like the, like, if for some reason the Mets were like, ah, yeah, Buck Showalter, you're gone. And then like in two years, they won the World Series. And you're like, oh, what the hell? Buck Showalter, here he is again. Um, I guess my question to you guys is, do you guys believe, like, we're, you got to give credit somewhere. And I mean, in one hand, it's, yeah, the guy before it who kind of builds the team. But at the end of the day, like, you know, clicks the guy who kind of like pulled the trigger on a couple, on a couple of decisions for them that led to their success. Like, where where does the credit go to? He had a deal. He had a deal in place for Wilson Contreras, but the owner rejected it. He did have a deal uh, at the trading deadline. Wilson Contreras for Jose uh, Ucrity or something. I forgot how to. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. That pitcher. Yeah, Rikidi, and I mean they still yeah. wind up getting Vasquez and Mancini, who were contributors to that World Series. Yeah, that's true. I just uh, you know he made deals, but the ownership overruled him. So, uh, and plus he's an analytic guy. So they're saying him at like, I'm just going by what the sources were saying that him and Dusty Baker really didn't see eye to eye. So they brought Baker back because he agreed probably with Crane. Crane probably see, seen uh, his perspective and what he saw from him and led him to a world series. But, you know, click uh, uh, anybody would love to have him. Uh, anybody. So I think that there's like, um, to your point, Barnes, I think that there's like a really interesting sort of dilemma uh, in, I don't know, the, the management of the sport, fandom, uh, you know, however you want to put it, of the team that just tanks for years and years and years and years and years and is just total bottom of the barrel and uses that time to like completely restructure and does this on purpose, you know, not in this sort of 
to Kasim's like Colorado's aimlessly. They're kind of trying, you know, like, no, like we're going to be bad for years. We're seeing with the Orioles right now, right? They decided to just be really bad for five years. Um, and now they're on the up and up and scaring the hell out of everybody, right? And, and so catching that decision, uh, I don't even want to say on its way up because they had already won um, a couple of years before, but catching that decision at its highest point it is interesting to see that decision play out and then see it be successful and then try and figure out who made it happen along the way. Was it those guys at the beginning that tanked it and, and tried to do all that scouting and develop all that talent, which happened a lot in Houston, or was it the guy who made those deadline deals and pushed them over the edge this year? You know, um, I don't know if we'll ever really know, and that's kind of a, a kind of answer to your question, but um, it's definitely an interesting situation to see that it was two different people in this case. You know, that's not not very common. Normally, you would like it to be one one architect of the whole thing. Something that they're trying to see in Baltimore right now. You know, uh, yeah. I think well, it's just yeah. I was going to say that's what happened with um, Houston in the previous years before they became good. You guys remember Bo Porter as the manager? Oh yeah. You know, well, he went at it with the organization because they they uh, they stunk for so many years and he was trying to win and he, they wanted to uh, keep the young guys down and he was trying to tell them, bring them up and he lost his job because they didn't see eye to eye. So that's why when they brought in A.J. Hinch and told him it's going to be a process and after that, that's when they became a winning organization when all the young guys came up. So there was a difference that's how it all started when they were tanking for many years when Bo Porter was the manager. In a in a hypothetical scenario, John, let me, I'm going to go with go to you first. Is hypothetically, Brian Cashman gets fired. He gets struck by lightning, and he's he's no longer the general manager of the Yankees. And the we get a new manager, not necessarily click. It could be I don't know, say uh, a John Moransky, and you guys go on to win the world series and you're the Yankees general manager. You make like a million dollars a year. It's pretty great. Um, is it, is it your fault that they won or is it Cashman? Like, cause he put, he's really putting the roster together kind of, and you're just kind of there. You know, I mean, that that's the angle I'm trying to get at is like, Hey, like Cashman kind of puts together this roster and then he gets fired and then John takes over and then they win or if they won, Hey, John, awesome job, buddy. You didn't really do anything, but awesome job. <laughs> you know, I, in that scenario, I like the thought of Cashman getting struck by lightning, and because he's failed so many times, no, he gets no credit. It's all me, a hundred percent. Who was that guy before me? No, I fixed everything that he ruined. Yeah, no, that was me. I get all the credit, like in that situation. So it's really case by case with me because I am a biased person in scenarios like that. But yeah, definitely, it's all me. No credit to Brian, Brian Cashman. So yeah, Chasm, same scenario. Cashman gets struck by lightning. John becomes the manager, and they go on to win the World Series. Who are you giving credit to? Cashman, the struck by lightning guy, or John? Because Cashman. <laughs> uh, it's a perfect example of Buck Showalter. He got snake bit twice. Yankees, Diamondbacks. And now he's with, you know, he went to Texas, helped rebuild that team, and then went to the 
you know, now with the Mets, same thing, man. Any manager that has success or a general manager, and then they come in and they win the World Series, well, you got to look at the guy before them. They're the ones that put the team. I mean, it happens. I mean, that that's baseball. I mean, you can give credit what credit is due, but I, I'm not going to, like, the new guy that comes in, I'm not going to give him all the credit because the guy before him did all the work. So it just maybe they were one step away. Like, I'm, I'm from Detroit, and Alan Trammell was trying to win. Alan Trammell, when he got fired, the pieces were there. It's just he wasn't that guy that can get him over the hump. So when they brought in Jim Leland, they brought up guys like Curtis Granderson, Justin Verlander, Joel Zamaya. The, they brought in a veteran, Kenny Rogers. All of a sudden, the baseball gods were on the side on the playoffs. Uh, Todd Jones. And all of a sudden, they went to the World Series. But maybe if Trammell was there, maybe he would have had the same success or maybe not. But uh, th that's my point of view of it. So, you know, perfect example. They fired Joe Girardi. Rob Thompson uh, becomes a manager and he goes to the World Series. So a lot of things, you know, kind of goes your way with a new face. So, John, don't hate Brian Cashman. You know, he's done a lot of good stuff with the Yankees. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that one yeah. World Series in 20 years. Hold on, hold on. Look what he resources. did. Oh, man. He's a failure, but no, I think you have Not to give failure. credit to some people that like, like, I think, do you think you have to give credit to the new guy doing stand? I think it's okay to give credit to the old guy. Like, yeah, he built the foundation then he was gone, but the new guy has to get some kind of credit too, because he's the guy pushing the right buttons and winning, you know, only one team wins at the end of the day. And mm. a lot of things have to go right for that to happen. So I think there has to be a lot of credit to the new guy as well. Even if it's a short term one year deal, like, okay, like last year, the old guy built the foundation. This new guy, for whatever reason, general manager, manager, he did press the right buttons, and they were able to get over that hump because this guy did do something. Like Rob Thompson and Joe Girardi is a perfect example. I loved Girardi as a manager. I think he's a he really, really good baseball mind. And so why did that team get so much better after he got fired? I think there's a lot of reasons for it. But um, I think you have to give some kind of credit to Rob Thompson because he definitely – um he definitely uh pushed the right buttons or figured it out and was able to just kind of maybe change the mentality of the team that took them so deep into at least getting to the world series yeah like I, I would say like bob brantley i mean he really in my opinion as a manager he he blowed he stinked he wasn't that good but he had that miracle run in 2001 and buck showalter helped build that team like, I believe if Showalter was the Yankees manager, I believe it would be in the World Series. But because it's Boone and his mistakes end up costing them. So that's the way I look at it. All right, guys, let's move on to um, the uh, awards that are coming out this week. Um, we get one a day for the next four days. Uh, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, Cy Young, and MVP. And we're going to do a little call your shot. We're going to go around uh, around the Zoom, around the table. Everybody's going to call their shot. Um, who do you think is, uh, is going to win? and why okay we're going to start uh we'll go in order that they're being announced we'll start with rookie of the year american league rookie of the year stephen kwan julio rodriguez or adley rutschman Kasim, i'll start with you call your shot julio rodriguez reason why he, he played a big difference in the role with the seattle mariners uh leadoff man 
fantastic year. I don't even, to be honest, Andy Rutschman is probably second place, but to be honest, I don't think it's close. I think Julio wins it by a long, by a long slide. Barnes. I've also got Julio winning it. And uh, I also have Doug's votes. Uh, Doug also had Julio. And I, I literally think as Kasim said, but a huge part of it was also, he was playing since day one. Adley is probably close second, but he came in like what? 40, 50 games later. It was like, yeah, it was like May 20 something. Yeah, so, it was, yeah. it, he was just at a time, like just time disadvantage, which stinks because Adley Rushman had been awesome. And he probably, he could win it. I would, no, he can't. Julio. <laughs> John. Well, I mean, it seems like Julio Rodriguez is the obvious choice, but I'll say this out if you were to give me these three guys, on the Yankees today, like I might take Quan as a left fielder. I absolutely love that guy watching him play against the Yankees and the ALDS. I said, this guy's amazing. Like I, so unfortunately he's in Cleveland because that talent is going to get wasted, but I really, really, really like Steven Quan as a player. So Rodriguez is going to win it, but I really got to say, I like Quan as a player. I'm going with what Barnes said. I think that if Adley had started opening day, I think he he would have made a run for it and, and very well might have won it. You know, like that Seattle team, they were, what was it, one win away in 2021. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they were a good team before, and, and um, J-Rod definitely pushed them over the edge. When it comes to Adley, that team has been terrible for years and was terrible even up until um, his debut at the end of May and then turned it on. And so that's, that's the guy who is, um, is really making a difference. I think Um, let's look at the uh, national league, Brendan Donovan of the Cardinals, Michael Harris, the second of the Braves or Spencer Strider of the Braves, not exactly the race we have in the American league. Um, But uh, let's go for it. Barnes, you take it from here on this one. Uh, I'll give you Doug's pick first. Doug picked uh, Spencer Strider, who is, had an awesome year and he's phenomenal. And I really think that he will probably win it. But me personally, I actually took Michael Harris, two sticks, uh, official nickname here, at bleacher brawls. Uh, I'm not going with the second. You are Michael Harris, two sticks because you have two sticks after your name. Uh, this Michael Harris is freaking brilliant. And for the lackluster year that Acuna had Michael Harris, like really picked it up. I think he really contributed there. You know, he just had a really solid year as a whole. You know, he had, you know, 414 at-bats. He didn't play, like, all year, but he had 20 stolen bases, you know, with in a game where you don't really see stolen bases that much. So, you know, he had a freaking um, just under 300 batting average, 297. I mean, I think he was – I think he was really good. I Once again, I think it comes down to a time thing. Spencer Strider was playing for m- more – longer than uh michael harris two sticks but that's who i got awesome i'm gonna have to go with strider uh uh, he pitched amazing i mean it was a big help to that uh to that puzzle with the atlanta braves and winning that division uh going to the nlds uh he played a big role um nothing against michael harris i think michael harris phenom uh, Ray's got a great future, but I'm going to have to go along with Strider on this one. 
You know, I, I like the nickname Two Sticks. I'm just going to, so I'm going Two Sticks because that's an <laughs> awesome nickname. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, pick your poison with, with your brave here. Um, either way, we've been staying all, all season on the show. Scares the hell out of me. The Braves are going to be good forever. And it um, doesn't really matter who wins because uh, the real winners here are the Atlanta Braves. Uh, let's move on to uh, Manager of the Year. We will find out on Tuesday, starting in the American League. Uh, Tito, Terry Francona for the Guardians. Brandon Hyde for the Orioles. Or who's the other one? Scott Service, Mariners. Oh, I got it. Yes. Thank you, sir. Uh, John, I'll start with you on this one. What you got? Uh, for this one, I am going Scott Service. The Mariners made the playoffs for the first time since 2001. It's been a long road for them. And sometimes sometimes teams get stuck in a rut and you losing just becomes a consistent thing for an organization. And you really need a guy to come in, change that mentality. Uh, and this is a year, a little teaser. I think we saw that across the board in both, you know, leagues. But uh, for that reason, I think for – for the Mariners to really finally make the playoffs after so many years to gel with some young players, I think service de- deserves the manager of the year. Barnes. Uh, Doug went with uh, Mr. Mr. Hyde, Mr. Brandon Hyde from the Orioles because he's our resident Orioles fan. And listen, I'm surprised he didn't pick Adley Rushman as rookie of the year. So uh, me Barnes, I actually have Frank Kona winning the manager of the year award in the AL um, despite him not playing Shane Bieber in that win and in scenario at the beginning of the year, I really didn't think that the guardians were going to be much at all, let alone, you know, win the division and go into the postseason. So, cause I really thought that the twins had it wrapped up. I was like, Oh, well, it's the twins and we're going to be done here. Like everyone else, twins are white socks and, the everyone else is playing for a third so i got francona i think he's a phenomenal manager you know he he literally won more games than the other guys so there's something there <laughs> Cassim, what do you got i mean all three of them are great choices i mean nobody uh nobody expected much from cleveland just like barnes said uh you know nobody had him winning the division not even making a wild card or anything and you know hide for what he did was amazing but for me, I'm going to go with Scott Service. It's just right when you got Julio, the way that team was set up with the signing of Robbie Ray and that bullpen was automatic this year. The pitching staff was, you know, decent and having that lineup just, uh, you know, breaking the playoff drought was amazing. That by itself, he should deserve uh, the manager of the year. Then getting uh, Luis Castillo was just like the cherry on the top. Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Winker. I mean, the list can go on and on. Uh, They made, you know, along with the POTA, but Scott for service, uh, he deserves it. You know, ended a playoff drought, and he deserves to be manager of the year. I'm going to, once again, disagree in the Orioles' favor, maybe just because I live in Baltimore. But um, for the same reason um, I went with or or didn't pick J-Rod, you know, like, the Mariners were, this was the time for the Mariners. 
I think, you know, um, is that because of all those people? Yes. Right. But I think a big part of this award historically is always like who turns things around and who surprises us and who comes in and picks up a shitty team and, 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 and makes them good. if not great, you know, at least good. Um, and I think that was already happening in, in Seattle. It was a long time coming. So I'm going Brandon Hyde. Um, I think, um, Listen, 83 and 79 doesn't really seem like manager of the year um, territory, but this was a team that was supposed to be really bad. <laughs> and for, you know, a while in, in August, we were talking about um, this team maybe even making the playoffs. So for the fact that it wasn't supposed to be the Orioles this year, uh, excuse me, it wasn't supposed to be the Orioles year to kind of kick it into overdrive. And they have, um, I think that that's really impressive. And I like the fact that they, they've stuck with Hyde. Um, you know, they told them exactly what you were talking about with Bo Porter earlier. No, not with, um, I'm sorry, Cassim, I can't remember who you brought up, but saying um, it's a process. It's going to be a while, but we're going to stick with you. If you just, if you just ride it out with us, we'll mm -hmm. let you be the winning manager too. And, um, and yeah, I think that's, that's cool. Um, AJ Henshaw was talking about. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. um, NL manager of the year, Dave Roberts uh, in LA, Buck Showalter for the Mets or Brian Snicker for the Braves. Cats, I'll start with you. Who you got? I'm going with Buck Showalter. That's my guy, uh, Buck Showalter, what the Mets were in under new uh, ownership with Steve Cohen. Uh, Buck Showalter was that missing piece. I always said that, you know, if they just get the right guy to run this team, adding, you know, adding through the free agency and trades and getting players for him, He's the missing piece. He'll take you to a place where they haven't been in a while. Well, they got him to 101 wins tied uh, for the NL East. And, you know, they lost in the playoffs to Padres five games, heartbreaker. But uh, you know what he did with this team, with his managing skills, being out of baseball for a long time, to lead a team to 101 wins, that's hard. And to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Atlanta, uh, you know, my head's off. It's going to go to Buck Showalter. He was a missing, he was a missing piece. John? I 100% agree. It's Buck. Um, the Mets, just that, like I was saying with the Mariners, you want to talk about changing an organization's mentality. I mean, the Mets, geez, I mean, that team has been a disaster, a joke, uh, a failure, a choke job. I mean, there's so many things you could say about the Mets from 1987 till this season. Um and Buck came in, Steve Cohen came in, and they changed this organization. Like, Buck especially. Like, that mentality of that clubhouse where, like, you always expect the Mets to find a way to blow it. Like, painfully, painfully blow it. Like, it hurts to be a Mets fan. Uh, There's a great TikTok video of this guy interviewing Mets fans on opening day. And like, what's the best part of being a Mets fan? And the guy says something like the hope every season, you can finally put it together, blah, blah, blah. What's the worst part of being a Mets fan? He says, April through September. So like, I mean, that if there's anything that describes the Mets, it's that. And Buck came in and changed that. Like you expect the Mets to win in like close games. Like Edwin Diaz, like you no longer expect him to blow a game like painfully. Like he's going to come out and finish and close the game. And for all these reasons, like a great owner, a manager that's really going to install a new clubhouse, uh, I actually think that we might need to add a third part to the pendulum because things might be swinging in the Mets' favor away from our teams for the next couple of years. So 
all that into account, Buck gets the manager of the year this year. Barnes. For all the things you just said about Bucks for Walter, like, ah, man, and the the Mets just find a way to screw it up. That's why I have Brian Snitker winning the manager of the year award. The Mets, uh, first off, Dave Roberts, great. I could have managed that team and I could have had 101 wins or 111 wins. Like, like the Bleacher Brawls guys could have managed that and we would have come up with probably 120 wins. I'm going to be honest. We're pretty good uh, as the couch coaches here. But the Mets, you were leading literally like all year. And the Braves came in and stole your thunder with a crucial sweep at the very end of the regular season. You know, they tied, they had the same amount of wins. You know, you can say that the Braves were kind of expected to win and, you know, the Mets weren't necessarily supposed to be that, you know, because the Braves, you know, World Series champs. But I, I just can't give it to a guy who blew it at the end. So that's why I've got Snicker. And Doug also has Buck Showalter. So I'm the minority here. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm going Buck too, I think. Um, this is crap. For all the reasons those other guys said. So we can move on. Uh, Cy Young, we find out on Wednesday in the American League, Dylan Cease for the White Sox, Alec Manoa for the Blue Jays, or Justin Verlander for the Astros. I think I'll be surprised if we don't agree on this one, but we'll see. Um, Casm, I'll start with you. Who you got? Justin Verlander can't go wrong uh, after missing two years, Tommy John surgery. Uh, coming back, bad on himself, and is uh, about to be the Cy Young Award winner. He had a great year, phenomenal year. Uh, you know, struggled in the playoffs, and then uh, you know, avenged it by versus New York. Uh, got his first World Series win. Finally, pitched well. Uh, just all, overall, all in all, his season was dominant and uh he's back on the market again who knows what happens but uh hats off to justin verlander amazing barnes it's verlander it's i mean i think we're all doug says it too so it must be true nah, psych uh yeah i mean 1.75 era and then who was next cease or, or manoa who had like a two 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 point two era like come on now uh john i was talking earlier about how much i hate houston so can i just lay out for this one <laughs> sure go ahead <laughs> that's fine uh i'm going with the uh, future oriole justin verlander um this is a guy who's um been around forever and has already won two cy youngs and came in second place two other times and you know won an mvp you know and this, he had his best season ever this year, you know? So um, I think that that's pretty hard to deny um, along with his, his world series win uh, in the national league, Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins, Max Fried for the Braves or Julio Urias for the Dodgers Barnes. Who you got? Uh, speaking for Doug, he has Sandy Alcantara. Uh, I actually have Julio Urias. I actually really like him and I understand the argument for Alcantara because he was such a workhorse. Like he just had, he had like over 200 innings. It was something ridiculously stupid. And 228, 228 and two thirds. I just pulled it up too. And I'm like, Holy cow. Like it's a ton of innings and for a team that stinks. Um, but there's gotta be validity 
to, you know, getting wins. You know, I ultimately you play to win the game. You don't play to pad your stats. You know, me, you know, Bleacher Brawls, speaking on behalf of Bleacher Brawls, I want a 17-win guy on the team that we can just autopilot, manage, and go win 162 games out of the year. So give me Julio Urias. That's who I've got as the uh, NL Cy Young. John? Uh, Alcantara for me because – you know, he pitches in Miami, and that can't be easy to just go out there and throw that many complete games and log that many innings for that team. And for that reason, you know, like I know he's locked. I was just checked his contract. He's locked in. He's gonna be kind of paid for the next couple of years for so good for him. But um, being in Miami, I just like I say, give him the Cy Young Award so he can always use that. So when he finally does become a free agent, he could always say he's the former Cy Young Award winner and get paid and maybe go play for a good team that's relevant outside of obviously Miami. So Alcantara, he deserves it. Cassim. Oh, Sandy Alcantara. It's not even close, just like Justin Verlander. It's not close. Uh, I know Steve said Julio Reyes, but uh, what's the difference between the Marlins and the Dodgers, Steve? A lot of winning. No, besides winning. <laughs> um, Marlins don't give their pitchers run support. So just imagine if Sandy Alcantara had run support, he probably would have won 30 games. I mean, look how, look how impressive 228 innings, six complete shutouts, uh, complete games. I mean, I mean, amazing. His stuff is amazing. Uh, they just, uh, he had a, to me, had an amazing gear. It just it's not his fault that they don't give him run support every time he pitches. Uh, but it's 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 a landslide, just like Justin Verlander. Uh, he should win it. No competition. Uh, I agree. Um, it's your job as a pitcher to get outs, and he got significantly more outs than anybody else um, that's up for this award right now. And in a, in a time where starters just don't do stuff like that anymore, um, I think it's definitely um, to be rewarded. Um, all right, last one, MVP. This is the big one. I'm going to save the American League because I know you guys will go back and forth forever. Um, so we'll do the National League first. In the National League, Paul Goldschmidt for the Cardinals, Nolan Arenado for the Cardinals, or Manny Machado for the Padres. Might be a little cut and dry. John, what do you think? I'm going Machado. I just think he was a leader for, I know he's grown up. He's a different player than he used to be in Baltimore. And he really was a leader for a team that did because of Fernando Tatis and his inability to be a mature grown adult that makes somewhat, even somewhat wise decisions. I mean, you, you think you'd walk into a wise decision every now and then by accident. And even he can't do that. And Machado was actually just the rock for that team. Uh, he took the, you know, help, I mean, you know, going in the playoffs doesn't count in the MVP, but he really did lead that team very deep this year, uh, kept them on pace in the wild card. Um, obviously, he was never going to catch the Dodgers, but I, I just think Machado really showed me something this year. So that's actually who I, I who would get my vote. Kasim? Uh, you can make an argument for all three of them. Uh, Machado had a great year. I'm, I'm proud of what he did. Uh, I wish he was still. I wish he was a Yankee third baseman. Wish they would offer him a cup. But uh, all in all, I think uh, it's going to be close. But I do believe it's going to be a Cardinal. I think Machado will still end up third base. But I think Paul Goldschmidt wins the 
the NL MVP. Uh, just an amazing year. I mean, what he did leading that team, him and Nolan Arenado. I mean, you could pick from the both, but I'm going to go with Paul Goldschmidt. He kind of carried them. There was a time where during the season he was just on fire, you know, just like Arenado. But uh, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, he should win the MVP. That's my pick. Barnes? Yeah, me and Doug both have Goldschmidt. And, you know, he was just he was just awesome. He's just he's just great. Over 300 batting average. He had what freaking 30 something home runs, a ton of RBI. Did he lead the NL in RBIs? No, he was second in RBIs in the NL behind, you know, the polar bear. But holy cow, Paul Goldschmidt. This guy needs it. He deserves it. He had an awesome year. He's been like a runner up like what once or one or two times. But so I think he's due. He earned it. So Paul Goldschmidt for NL MVP. I agree. I'm going Goldie as well for all those reasons. Uh, let's talk uh, American League MVP. Jordan Alvarez for Houston. Aaron Judge for the Yankees. Shohei Otani for the Angels. I'm going to go first this time and say that it's Shohei Otani um, because it'll be him. It sh- this should be him every year for the next 10 years. Now you guys go bask in this glory that you have right now go ahead steve i you know what i will bask in the glory you know it's funny i actually just got a message from uh bleacher brawl's very own luke he actually says judge is the mvp we actually have a soundbite of it too i I, i'll make sure we post it tomorrow that judge is the mvp uh i'll post that uh clip that soundbite um but no i really do think you know, I understand the argument both ways for Shohei and Judge. I think Judge freaking clobbered the freaking ball this year, and he was awesome. You know, Shohei was good at hitting the ball, and he was good at throwing the ball. But I think Judge Judge hitting the ball was just a little bit better, and I think he's the MVP. Shout out to Luke. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. John. Yeah, I mean, it's unquestionably Aaron Judge. And if anybody needs any more proof, they could go back and check out that brawl that me and Luke did in our art, Bleacher Brawls podcast archives, uh, the one that Pat colluded with to try to beat me. And I still feel like I won that one. So it's Aaron Judge. He had a monster historic season. <clears throat> it's all Aaron Judge. I mean, uh, all three candidates are good, but... And I'm not saying this because I'm a Yankee fan or anything, but Judge should win it by a landslide. It should even be close. The season that he, the season that he had, betting on himself, rejecting the offer in spring training to bet on himself to have a historic season, that that enough should be said. He should win this by a landslide. I know Shohei did well, but come on, how many? I mean, let's sit here and be honest. How many times has Mike Trout got to win the MVP? How many times does Shohei Altani got to win the MVP? And they don't, they're not going nowhere. Judge carry, help carry the Yankees. Let's sit here and be honest about it. And I'm a Stanton guy. I love Stanton and Judge, but Judge, Judge carried, man. You, you, you can't look at it. I mean, the numbers don't lie. Judge should win it by a landslide. And I know there's biased writers. I can't stand them. They should change the whole format, just like they should change the Hall of Fame with all these writers because they're dang biased. They can't stand anybody from New York, except if you're Joel Sherman or John Heyman. But let, let's sit here and be honest, man. Judge should win it by a landslide. And, you know, he, he wrote history. 
So it's not even close. Guys, how does that Kool-Aid taste? It tastes even pin better striped. when you add it tastes sugar. Pinstriped. Yeah, I'll please all talk at the same time. That's always bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're just you know, I'm like I said, you know, I'm I'm just stating facts. It's just you know, Otani, he's gonna have the season what he does, but is it fair that he has to win and they're not going to the playoffs? What do you accomplish? You never accomplished anything. I mean, couldn't we have the same conversation about you know Sandy Alcantara or you know whoever you can? Else. That's why I said Urias. No, I understand where you come from. Like Otani, I know he he's both ways, pitcher, batter, but judge judge had a historic season. Just God, look at look at what he did. All right. That's the honest truth. I mean, that's the way I looked at it. I I do want to give a quick shout out to one other award that's not one of these awards. It's a different award. And here at Bleacher Brawls, we are a Yankees, Boston Red Sox predominant podcast but we also feature the orioles so this one's for doug uh huge shout out to baltimore orioles heston kerstad crowned mvp for the arizona fall league so congrats to another orioles player out there for doug the future is bright um and thank you for moving the conversation off of aaron judge in 2022 because i don't know how much more i can possibly talk about it um all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. I think we have some more stuff we want to talk, but uh, listen, it's going to be a long off season and, uh, and we can save some stuff. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, how our call your shots went this week and um, who was right, who was wrong. I'm sure it'll be uh, me more uh, wrong than anybody because I just tried to be an antagonist, but hey, otherwise it'd just be all us agreeing with each other. Um, cool, man, we covered it all. Football Sunday today, what's going on in the league. Uh, we're looking to, to have some interesting developments in terms of free agents and such happen uh, before the next show that we bring you. And we will cover all of those things on that next show. So you're going to want to go ahead and subscribe to this show if you haven't already. Rated it five stars, left us a nice review, all those things. Those things help us out, help us grow the show, and help, it, uh, help us make it even better for you uh, every time we do it. Uh, you can find Bleacher Brawls everywhere that you find things. BleacherBrawls.com, uh, the main hub. It's where we have um, everything that we write. We have our full podcast archive, everything there. The YouTube channel, we got YouTube videos going up all the time. Uh, and uh, anywhere you can find things, you can find Bleacher Brawls. So we're going to wrap it up there. For Katz and for John, for Barnes, my name is Patrick. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you all next time. Well, then I guess Aaron Judge must be <laughs> Thank um, you. So-